Welcome to the Mystic Access Podcast, where the magic is in learning. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Mystic Access Podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Kim. And I'm Lisa. And we have some exciting things to talk about today. The first thing is our successful iOS modules and Kim can tell us more about that. We are having so much fun with these. Lisa has created some fabulous presentations for us in terms of these modules and we have a couple of announcements for you regarding those. We are about to begin our third module on this coming Thursday which is August 2nd and this one is all about typing and different ways of typing and typing success and how you can improve the efficiency of your typing and lots of information along those lines to make typing easier and more efficient for you, more convenient for you. There's going to be a lot of good info. I know Lisa can elaborate a bit on that and I will let her in just a second. But we just want to let you know that one is the next one coming up. It is the third in our series and we have three more scheduled after that. One is on wrangling the rotor. One is on email. Utilizing your email, using it efficiently, effectively, etc. And the final one is on the App Store. Searching for apps, browsing the App Store, installing apps, etc. So those are the ones we currently have scheduled. But we have some news for you about those. You have been able up to now to buy any of those individually or in groups or however is best and easiest for you just by checking and selecting checkboxes in the product or by letting us know when you call us for placing an order via phone. That will change. The last day that you will be able to order these six modules in that way, either as a group or select those that interest you, is August 26th. That is a Sunday. That is the last day that you will be able to get these in that way. After that, they will be offered on the website, but they will be offered as a group because these are kind of foundational modules and we want you to be able to get the most out of them. So at that time, after the 26th, you will be able to buy these six as a group. It'll be one product. So you'll be able to learn a lot that way. But if you want to join us live, if you want to participate in these live classes, ask questions, etc., and you want to register for one or multiple classes, the last day you can do that and get the recordings for the classes as one-offs essentially, or however many you purchase, is on Sunday, August 26th. On the 27th, they will go on and change to a one-off product for these first six modules. The reason we're doing that is, well, a few, but we can group them because then at some point, fairly soon, we're going to be introducing more modules, more topics, and we were hoping to limit confusion this way. So basically, the last module that we're doing of this group is on August 23rd. That's a Thursday. And so that following Monday, that's when you will go from being able to purchase them individually to purchasing them as a group. Now, we are going to be offering more modules and we'll be talking to you later 
about which ones those will be, but we have another batch of six. So we're going to take a couple weeks to just allow you to take a breather, practice what you've learned, and explore the new offerings that we have. So certainly do stay tuned and we will provide more information as it comes due. Absolutely. In the meantime, we are looking forward to this next upcoming module all about typing. Is there anything you want to share specifically about that one? This is going to be primarily about using the on-screen keyboard. When we did our free event, and I would certainly encourage you to check that out. It's yes. under free downloads. We talked about all different kinds of input methods from braille screen input to wearable keyboards and all kinds of things like that. We're zeroing in in this module, this class, on the on-screen keyboard. Now, the previous class we did, we talked about Siri, and we had a little bit of fun with that. And we wanted to share with you just a snippet from the beginning of our Siri class. This is not so much instructional as it is entertaining, I hope. But we wanted to just give you an idea of some of what goes on during the classes. Is your experience with Siri something like this? Oh, Siri. Good morning, Your Majesty. How may I assist you today? Would you make me some breakfast? I think I'd like eggs benedict. No, eggs benedict with crab meat. And some fresh seasonal fruit. And would you like that served in bed? That would be nice. Breakfast will be ready momentarily. It is my pleasure to serve you. Or is your experience like this? Uh, Siri, excuse me. What now? Could you tell me what the weather's gonna be like today? Do I need an umbrella? Step outside and figure it out yourself. It worked for you 10 years ago. Sorry to have bothered you. I'll be busy for the next few hours. It's spa day with the girls. See if you can keep your trivial requests to yourself for that long. Whatever your experience, I'm hoping that in this class, we can help you come to peace with Siri and realize all that it can do. And of course, we're not able to get that creative and have that much fun with all of our topics, but between Lisa in the creation process and me in the editing process, we like to get creative when we can and play with things. And that was sort of a dual little goodie that we came yes. up with <laughs> and yes. had a lot of fun doing it. And we both were really happy with how it turned out. So. The you power can... and beauty of collaboration. Absolutely. We love that, yes. So you can still purchase the recording of that class on its own, remember, through 26th, or you can wait until the 27th and buy it as a bundle with its sister classes. So you've got that option if you want to hear more about Siri and using it. So one thing that we've done in the past couple of podcasts is we talked about different ways to keep yourself cool during these hot summers and Kim and I have pre-recorded a demonstration or a discussion on a portable air conditioning unit that 
you can control with your Amazon Echo or your iOS device. It's a little finicky, but we will show that in the recording. And here is the insert. Here is our recording of the Roly Cool. And the Roly Cool that I have is model 310. This is a 1200 BTU unit. But before we really get started on that, this is a portable air conditioning unit and by portable you can actually roll it around the room or you can pick it up and move it to another floor or to another area in your house if you want another room cold so it's an actual portable air conditioning unit not only is it an air conditioning unit but it's also a dehumidifier a fan and a heater so in the summertime you can use it as an air conditioning unit and in the winter time, you can use it as a heater. One thing to keep in mind about the Rolly Cool is that it has a hose vent that goes out your window. And you get a plastic window kit that you connect the hose to, and then you close your window over the window kit. And that's what keeps your cool air in and your hot air out. So essentially what it's doing is it's filtering out your hot air or your cold air, depending on whether you have it set to heat or air, <laughs> and then leaves you with the air that you want in your room. One thing that may happen if you get a whole lot of water or condensation in your AC is that you will need to empty it. And this is something that people have talked about in the Amazon reviews. On Amazon, initially, when Chris got this unit, there were probably about four of these, weren't there? There was a 10,000 BTU, 12, 14, and 16, I think. Or it may have been 8, 10, 12, I, and 14. I think it was yeah. 10. I think 10 was the lowest. I think it's 10, 12, 14, and 16, I believe. How many of those are still available, we do not know. We don't think this one is in terms of being available for sale. There may be a used one available right now, but there is not a new one to my knowledge as of the recording date of this presentation. This is by the same company, if any of you remember Chris's vacuum reviews, this is by the same company who did one of the vacuums that he got one time called Rollybot, and that's the company that does the Rolly Cool. Right, and it's spelled R-O-L-L-I-C-O-O-L. So that's how you can find it if you wish to look it up. Reviews on it are mixed. Some people seem to really like it, some people seem to really hate it, but it does have a really cool advantage over a lot of air conditioning units. Now, there are a couple window units that I know of that can do this by GE, but not any portable units. And that is, in addition to be able to put them on your network and use them via Wi-Fi, yes, you can do that. It has a remote. It has a control panel on the unit itself with buttons. And you can use it with A-L-E-X-A. Yes, you can. Just a note about the buttons. The buttons are buttons that you can feel if you have good tactile feeling in your fingers because they are kind of like your membrane, your microwave style of buttons. They're not physical buttons that you can feel and press and that, but you definitely, if you slide your hand along the top edge of the device, you can feel the buttons so you'd be able to press them. And you're not going to press them by touching them. You actually have to press down on them. So in other words, it's not like utilizing a touch screen or a touch panel. You actually do press these buttons in order to make their functions occur. Correct. On the back of the unit, you have a hose, and the hose kind of 
turns counterclockwise, I believe, onto this little round part of the rolly cool, then it snaps on. And this is, I mean, it's a huge vent hose. It's around, it's almost six inches in diameter. I think it's like 5.9 inches in diameter. It's kind of like your regular heating vent hose for your dryer. On the other end of the hose is the thing that actually attaches to your window kit. And it just kind of like snaps in and they also give you a couple of screws that you can use to fasten it into the window kit. One thing to note about the window kits, I had a really cool experience with support. Included in the box is a window kit and it's basically a piece of plastic with a hole in it. And you take that piece of plastic and you slide it in your window frame. Now, you don't have to remove your screen. I have not removed my screen. I don't see any point to remove my screen. It keeps bugs and things like that from going down into the vent. So that's one of the reasons I did not remove my screen. And the screen will just allow the air to go out the window. But the window in the upstairs room that I wanted to put it in is a horizontal window. It opens from left to right instead of from up to down. And it's a smaller window. So I called Roly Bot Technical Support and explained the situation that, you know, I'm willing to purchase another window kit because I knew I would have to cut the original window kit down to size. And I didn't want to ruin the only window kit that I had because it works in other windows. So I explained the situation and they were really, really nice and sent me a free window kit and I had that cut down to size. So now I have one upstairs and one downstairs. So all I have to do is move Rolly Cool and move the hose and connect it to each of the two window kits that I have. This is a large unit. It is big. It is bulky. It is well over 60 pounds. It is on casters. As Chris mentioned, rolling it around the house, you can do that. But it is on casters to make that process easier. So if you want to move it upstairs, downstairs, or from, say, your upstairs office to your bedroom or what have you, you have the ability to do that. And you'll just have to move, obviously, your window kit from room to room to room as well. The manual is worth mentioning as well. You can get the manuals for these online on the Rollybot website. And that's probably what we'll link to is the Rollybot website because these tend to go in and out of stock very fast at Amazon. (laughs) So just to give you a reference point, that's probably where the link will be if you are checking this out in a podcast. This will also be available on the free downloads page, and we'll put a link in the description on that page as well to the Rollybot website. But the manual is very well written. I was very impressed with it. I tend to read all sorts of manuals and stuff like that if I'm interested in something, because I was considering getting one of these myself, and really enjoyed reading the manual. It's concise, it's descriptive, it explains things quite well. The one thing I did still need some assistance with that Chris got assistance with was knowing where the buttons were and things like that, obviously, because in the manual, of course, they show you pretty pictures. Fortunately, we're going to assist you with that aspect of things, too. It comes in a humongous box when you get it. It's just a matter of getting it out of the box and getting your window kit installed where you want it and then getting on Wi-Fi you do have to get the device onto your Wi-Fi network before you can utilize it with the iOS or Android apps. We'll talk a little about the accessibility of those. There is no app for Fire OS at this time. So until you get it on Wi-Fi, the only way you'll be able to utilize it is using its own control panel or with the included remote control. Correct. But to get it on Wi-Fi, it was pretty straightforward. I created an account through the app and I turned it on. 
and I hit add device and it wanted my Wi-Fi password. And I said something like, I don't remember the exact verbiage, but it was very simple. I found my network, entered my password and hit submit or go or something like that or add device. And what it did was Zik connected to the RollyCool via Bluetooth and sent my Wi-Fi password over to the RollyCool and the RollyCool was then online. It was very, very straightforward. You didn't have to bounce in and out of apps. You didn't have to go to the Wi-Fi settings on your device. None of that stuff. It was a very, very seamless process to get this RollyCool to work. And how was it connecting it with A-Lady? It was standard. You basically go in and enable the skill and then allow the Echo device access to your RollyCool account. And after that, it was fine. That aspect of setup is very straightforward, easy to utilize. Let me talk to you a minute about the control panel on the Rolly Cool itself and the remote control that you get with it. The buttons on the Rolly Cool control panel itself, so on the device, are from left to right and they're all just in a long row from left to right. First of all, you have the timer button and you press that to turn the timer on or off. So you can have a timer, you can have it come on for a certain amount of time and then go off or what have you. The next button is the fan button. And you can turn that on, and you can cycle through three fan speeds, low, medium, or high. There's the up button, which you would use to raise the temperature on the device, or to adjust the timer duration. Then there's a display button, which will light up to show your temperature and other information on the unit. Next is the down button, which you can press to lower the temperature or adjust the timer duration. Then you have the mode button, which you can press to cycle through cool, dehumidify, fan, and heat. So it'll cycle you through those different settings. Then there's the power button, which is just standard on-off. And those are the buttons available on the unit itself. As mentioned, you do get a remote control with this as well. And it has a digital display on it. At least the 310 remote does. And I would assume all of these remotes and control panels are very similar for the really cool units. The buttons on the remote are the following. There is a circular button at the top left below the display. That is your power button, and obviously you just utilize that to turn the unit on or off. Across from the power button, there is a temperature button, and this contains two little buttons in that button. And there is a left and a right. Left lowers temperature and adjusts timer, and right raises temperature and adjusts timer. So left lowers, right raises. Then there are six buttons under these two buttons. They're small, and they're in three rows of two buttons each. And there's a circle in between these six buttons. The first two buttons are timer and mode. Timer turns the timer on and off, and mode cycles through the things we talked about a second ago. Then there is a button underneath the timer button, so on the left in the next row, that is not available on the control panel itself. This is the vent button, and this opens and closes the louves on the device. And the button on the right of that is fan speed. On the next row on the left, the first button you'll come across is also not on the control panel. That's the sleep button, so you can turn sleep mode on. And the next button, the button on the right of sleep, will cycle you between Celsius and Fahrenheit for your temperature. One thing to keep in mind is that you really need to avoid pressing two remote buttons simultaneously because this could cause malfunctions on your device. So don't press two at the same time. Also, don't use the remote in places where you have extreme temperature fluctuations. Try and keep it in a room with a steady temperature. 
If the remote won't be used for extensive periods of time or extended periods of time, make sure to remove the batteries. That's pretty much common sense, but please keep that in mind. Sometimes we do forget these things and come to regret it. Because batteries explode. Because batteries explode, and that is not pretty if you've ever seen that. The remote's range is approximately 23 feet. Not a very big range, so that's just something to keep in mind. And the remote comes with two AAA batteries, so it takes two AAAs, and don't mix your batteries. So if you have an old one laying around that was in some other appliance, don't use it with a new one, because that can make your batteries die faster and stuff like that. That's also standard. That's also standard, but worth reminding you of some of these little things. So now that Kim went through the description of the remote and the buttons and the device... I mean, when she says it's huge, I mean, it's not super huge. It's not the size of a refrigerator, for example. It's probably the size of a kitchen garbage can, actually. Maybe a little bit bigger, maybe a little bit smaller, but it's probably about the size of a kitchen garbage can. I thought you told me at one time it looked like one of those college mini fridges. Well, it does, but it's not huge from front to back or that tall. No, but it's the unit, you know, it's something you're going right. to be wheeling around your house, so you've got to keep in mind that it's relatively large. The other thing to remember is don't sit it against a wall. It does need some vent room between it and the wall, so keep it fairly away from your walls. Don't sit it directly against a wall when you have it in a room. That's important, because it needs to vent somewhere. <laughs> right, and on the front of the device, there's a bunch of holes. I don't know if you can hear that. That's me just rubbing my fingers up and down on the front of the device, and you can feel there's holes. You couldn't miss them. It looks like a cheese grater type of holes. And on the sides, there are places that you can put your fingers for handles. So you can actually lift this up. They're not handles that go up and down. They're just built right into the side of the device. And, of course, you don't really have to lift it up most of the time. You're not going to have that problem because it does have the casters on the bottom to wheel it around with. Right, unless you're carrying it up down the stairs, of course. Well, yeah, then you might need to do a little bit of lifting. So it is, remember, about 60 pounds or thereabouts. Keep that in mind when you are carrying it between floors or whatever you need to do there. What do you think about the build quality of it? I think it's quite nice. I love it. Also, on the front, you have the lubes, as Kim talked about, and there's two of them. And when the device powers itself off, it closes them. When you turn it on, it opens them up, and it opens them and points them straight up into the air. There is an oscillating feature that you can use which will move them up or down. It doesn't go left to right, but it goes up or down. And that's available in the app. Correct. So you have the ability to check that out in the app itself. Is the whole thing plastic? I suppose it is. It feels plastic, yes. I mean, price-wise, this isn't one of the more expensive ones you're going to find. How much did you pay for it? I think I paid 350 for it, but it was on sale on the yeah, website. Yeah, it's like 400 bucks or something for this one. I can't remember exactly. They all are within like $40 or $50 of each other in terms of their prices. So that's something to note in advance. I mean, they're not real cheap, but in terms of these things, they're pretty standard. I think it's kind of neat that it has everything. And I'm not sure about something that was said before because I haven't played with the heat. But I don't believe you need the window kit in the window when you're dealing with the winter time. So I think you would pull the window kit out of the window. And I don't think that you would have the vent because it's just a heater at this point. I don't know. According to the manual, it was talking about moving the hose and things like that. You move the hose into a different hole on the unit versus the one that it's in for air. 
That made me assume... No, it's not, and that's a good point. It comes with a little two-foot rubber hose, and on the back of the device, there are two thumb screws, one thumb screw closer to the top and another thumb screw closer to the bottom. You take the thumb screw off, and then you pull out a rubber gasket. In that thumb screw, there's a hole that you take that two-foot hose, and you kind of jam it into the top of that thumb screw, and then you screw it back into the hole You know, without the rubber gasket. It says, don't lose that rubber gasket, of course, but that's how you empty the device. And I believe that that's what they're talking about when you're talking about using it as a heater. The top one, when you're using it as an air conditioner, is how it empties the water out. And I have a bowl because I don't have a hose that's long enough to put it anywhere. But I just have a little bowl and the, the two foot hose is sitting in the bowl and it's putting the water into the bowl. You know, you could get like a 50 foot, garden hose or some kind of garden hose or something and aim it out the window or really depends on how you want to get the water out of it you might just empty it every so often into like a five gallon bucket so you've got options and it is pretty well explained in the manual if you read about it it explains some of this stuff but you could be correct about the heater portion i'm not entirely sure because i've never seen one of these that works as a heater before in addition to working as an ac you have played a little bit with the heat function, haven't you? I turned it on for about three minutes in 95 degree weather. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, the answer is probably not. I turned on the heat just to make sure that it worked before I deemed this thing that I was going to keep it. And of course, I no longer have the box, so I'm stuck with it. You're stuck with it. You will definitely be keeping it now for sure. So now that we've told you all about it, let's show you about it. And I guess the first thing we can do is show you how the app works. Before we show you the iOS app, let's talk a little bit about Chris's experience with Android. Chris's experience with Android is this. When you sign in and get everything working, that kind of works fine. But it's a little difficult to turn the device on and off by playing around. I managed to get it on or off. It's not as straightforward. The other thing is I was not able to adjust the temperature when I went into the cooling section of the Rolly Cool app for the specific device, I had two up or down arrow keys and an OK button. So I couldn't even tell what temperature it was even set to. Using TalkBack and double tapping on either the up or down buttons didn't seem to do anything to the temperature. And then hitting OK, it closed that thing, but half the time it didn't work. Here is something really important to note about setting the temperature on this thing. You can do it on iOS through the app, but you have to guesstimate. So you may or may not get your temperature where you want it, and it's a little bit of a crapshoot, as Chris will show you. If you know what your starting temp is, so if someone can tell you, okay, it's on 72, then you can move in degree intervals, either using the up and down on the remote or up and down on the control panel itself, and you can set your temperature that way. But obviously you can't confirm that, yes, indeed, you have set your temperature to the degree you want. We think, from having watched Chris play with this for several weeks now, (laughs) and from him having played with it, that the best way to set your temperature is to utilize a combination of the app, which will tell you what your temperature is. So if you have, say, just the remote and or the unit and an app, you can move it degree by degree and find out what your temperature is on the iOS app. The other thing you could do is utilize your app in conjunction with A-Lady, A-L-E-X-A, any of those devices set it up, enable the skill, connect it, and then you can find out what the temperature is, and you can say to a lady, set the temperature to blah blah blah, as Chris will show you, and you can confirm that via the app. So you've got a few different ways to make sure 
that your temperature is where you want it. One of the neat things when telling your A friend to set the temperature is if Rolly Cool is off, it will literally turn it on and then it will set the temperature and it will start to run. You don't have to say echo turn on Rolly Cool or turn on whatever you called your device and then set the temperature. You can do it all in one swoop, you know, one voice command and it just does it all for you. And we'll show you that because that is pretty cool. This summer, I have been very envious of the fact that Chris could be in bed, for instance, and change the temperature and or turn his AC on and off. Because I live in a house without whole house AC heat, and I have a window unit. I won't be doing cool stuff like that. I don't even have a remote with my window unit. <laughs> but you know, what, you know what's even cooler about really cool? What? I had it off one time. And I went out with my friend, and we were coming back home. We were going to be home in, say, 20 to 30 minutes. So I pulled up my phone, opened up the Rolly Cool app, and turned on my Rolly Cool, and it was working when I got home. So not only can you do it from in your house, you can control it from outside your house. That is a very cool thing, and makes using it quite pleasurable. Speaking of things that may or may not be pleasurable, what have you discovered in your time using it about cost? I don't know, because I haven't received my first electric bill yet. <laughs> okay, we'll get back to y'all on that. <laughs> it's got to be less than my central air. But having said that, though, when I'm downstairs and I have it in my dining room, it's trying to cool off more of an area than when it's upstairs in, say, the bedroom and the door is closed. So I've actually seen it work better and shut off because it's actually got the room to the temperature that I set it instead of continuously pushing out air because downstairs it's trying to cool off a bigger space. I know that you have had it in locations though and you've asked your main thermostat what's the indoor temperature or whatever and you have gotten it down like six to ten degrees with your really cold. Yes that's correct I have done that. Just watching the temperature go down and not having main central air anymore it's to the point where I do have central air but shouldn't be using it. Yeah it's a long story you don't want to (laughs) know. But Instead of running the air conditioner when I'm not supposed to, I decided to pick up this Rolly Cool unit, and I've been quite satisfied with it. One thing before we dive into the iOS app, if you are using the remote to control it, you do have to point your remote essentially at the unit, correct? Yes. So you can't be, like, pointing it to the other side of the room and expect it to work. Unfortunately, this is not one of those cool remotes. Right, it's not Bluetooth, it is infrared. So anybody that's used a TV remote or a DVD player remote that's not Bluetooth or not radio frequency, you know that if somebody's standing in front of the TV, it won't work. So same thing would apply with Rolly Cool. If somebody's standing in front of Rolly Cool and you're trying to control the device, you got to tell them, move out of the way so I can control my device. So let's show y'all what the app is like for iOS. There's really no point in showing you the Android app because if you can't use it to set your temperature, that's really problematic. Do you remember if you could use it to actually set your mode? Well, you can, yes. You can do that, but you can't set the temperature. It's kind of a moot point. Yeah, I mean, it does work, sort of. Open Rolly Cool. Rolly Cool Devices button. I'm at the Rolly Cool app, and I'm just going to flick through, and we're going to see what we have. Device list, heading, Rolly Cool online, off, 71 degrees Fahrenheit, cold. Selected, devices, add device. So there's your add device. Personal center. Rolly Cool supports Alexa and Echo. So this is kind of annoying. This is one of those things that comes up, and I've done the don't show this to me ever again thing, and it still decides that it wants to come up. Don't show again, button. 
Go and see button. So you got go and see or don't show me again. Don't show again button. It's basically touting the fact that Rolly Cole can be controlled with your Echo. Don't show again. Device list. Heading. And if you don't go down there and find that option, you can press on your device until the cows come home or the add button and it won't let you activate those devices. So it's one of those things that you have to acknowledge first. So online off 71 degrees Fahrenheit cold. When I added my Rolly Cool, it called it Rolly Cool and then a bunch of numbers. I renamed it to Rolly Cool because when you were talking to your Echo, it wanted you to just say Rolly Cool X19532 or whatever the numbers were. And I thought, okay, that's obscenely insane. I'm not going to remember those numbers. So I renamed it to Rolly Cool. And you can you call can it whatever rename. you want. Living room, Jane, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> exactly. So I'm going to double tap Rolly Cool. So now we have top bar back, and then I'm going to flick through this screen. Settings, button, more, button, Wi-Fi, B-L-E, power, on, off. So now you got power on and off. Now the weird thing about this app is, if you want to turn it on, you press off. If you want to turn it off, you press on. I shall demonstrate. On. So there's on. It's not working. Off. So now there's off. Off. And it's on. And now I'm going to press. I couldn't on. hear any of that. I know. Oh. I'm going to press on to turn it off. Just so that we can hear the rest of the demonstration. You were not able to hear it because of the rumbling of the rolly coal. So we're going to flip past down the screen. power. On. Off. Jid icon one button. So you have Jid icon one, cool. and that's your cool setting. That's the button for cool. So the buttons are above the mode, and they're going to be different numbers too. Jid icon two button. Dehumidify. So there's dehumidify. If you go flick to the left again, you're going to go to Jid icon two. That's going to be your dehumidify button. Jid icon three button. F A N. There's your fan. Jid icon four dimmed button auto. Jidacon 5, button, schedule. There's schedule. Jidacon 6, button, sleep. Jidacon 7, button, heat. There's heat. Jidacon 8, button, oscillate. And there's your oscillate. Cap L, button. There's low, Cap M, button. medium, Cap H, button. and high. Cap H, button. And that's what the app looks like. If we want to change the temperature on the device, we go back up to the cool option. Cool. And I just put my finger near the top of the screen and got lucky. So I'm going to flick to the left. Cap H, button. Oh, maybe not. <laughs> Jid icon 2, button. Cool. Jid icon 1, button. There we go. And I'm going to double tap this. Jid alert. Ensure air conditioner power on. Okay. Button. It wants to put the air conditioner on. So I'm going to have to try this. And let's Jid see if we can get this a little closer. We're going to go into another room so that we don't hear the Rolly Cool as much. We're going to try this again. So we're going to turn on Rolly Cool. On. And again, we do that by hitting off. Off. You hit off to turn it on. Off. Power. On. Off. Jid icon one button. That's the icon for cool. So I'm going to flip back to the left. Jid icon one button. Jid icon TP top bar back button. There's a back button. There's cool. 71 degrees Fahrenheit. There's your temperature. 
Now, the way that I got this to work is by double tapping and holding, and then in the same gesture, either pull my finger or drag my finger up or drag my finger down. So let's try this and see if this works. 70 degrees Fahrenheit. So luckily, I don't know how I did it, but I changed it just to 70 degrees. So let's try this again. We're going to double tap and hold. And then I'm going to pull down and release. 83 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> and this is why I don't suggest that method. <laughs> but it does work. And if you notice what happened, I don't know how well you can hear the rolly cool now that I'm in the hall. But because the temperature in the room is lower than 83 degrees, it turned off the air conditioning unit. And it's actually now just using the fan. So that's kind of how that works. Yeah, we totally couldn't hear that. But that's a good thing to remember, too. But it definitely did. So we're going to go back. Then we've got settings, button, more, button, power, on, off, jet icon one, cool, jet icon two, dehumidify. So there's the dehumidify. If I literally press that button, it's not going to take you into anything. It's just going to switch it from cool to dehumidify. Jet icon three, button, F-A-N. And there's fan, and I'm not really sure. I think that's going to just turn you from cool or dehumidify to fan. So it's literally just going to be a fan. Jet icon four, dimmed, button, auto. And that's dimmed, and that's set to auto. So I'm not sure how you change that. I've always seen that as dimmed, and I've never been able to change it. But the fan is actually set to auto. Auto. Jet icon five, schedule. And there's a schedule. Jet icon six, button, sleep. And there's sleep. So let's go back to schedule for a second. Jinda schedule. Jinda icon five button. And I'm gonna double tap this. Jinda icon TMP top bar back button. Schedule button save button zero zero. Pick her item adjustable one of twenty five. Start after button. So there's a picker item with the number of hours. You can have it say start after. So if you want the device to start after two hours, you set it to two. And then you hit start after. And now I'm going to flick through the rest of the screen. Power S. Zero, zero. Pick her item. Adjustable. Oh. One of 25. There's another hour. down with one finger to adjust the value. Pick her item. And I'm going to swipe again. Stop after button. So stop after. So if I know I want this to stop after an hour, I'm just going to set it to one hour and then hit stop after. And it will stop after one hour has elapsed. And I've tested that and it does work. Hour S. Hour S. And that's the screen. So I'm going to go back. TP top bar back button. Sleep. Here's sleep. Jet icon six button. And I forgot exactly what sleep does, but I think sleep sets it to a low fan speed to kind of keep your rolly cool a little bit quieter. I think it's the first fan speed that it actually sets it to. So it sets your fan on low and it just gives you that little bit of ambient noise. Right. Sleep. On seven, but heat. And here's heat. So if I was brave or, <laughs> or stupid. Stupid or something, I would turn on my heater. And it's like eighty degrees or seventy five degrees or something like that. So we won't be turning on the heat. Well, let's do it anyways. I'm gonna take one for the team. <laughs> Considering I'm not in that room, so I don't care. Okay. So we're going to press this. Jet icon seven. TP top bar back button. 
Now it has literally turned the heater on. HOT button. And now it's as hot. 83 degrees Fahrenheit. And it's going to heat my room up to 83 degrees. 83 okay. degrees Fahrenheit. So. I'm going to go back. TP top bar back. Button. And. Set more button. Hit icon one button. We're going to set it back to cool. TP top bar back button. Cool button. So now it is back. TP top bar back. Button. Okay. We're going to go down to heat. Hit icon six button. Sleep. Hit icon seven button. Heat. Hit icon eight. Oscillate. And here's that oscillate that I was talking about earlier where it moves the dampers up and down. Not from left to right. Literally just up and down. Cap L button. Then there's low, cap M, there's medium, cap H, and button. there's high. And that's basically it for the app. I have a couple questions. Mm -hmm. The one that is next to, I don't remember where it is in the app now, it's near the beginning, near power, it says BL something. That's Bluetooth. What's the point? Like, what does that I, do? I don't quite know what the point is because you're not using Bluetooth for anything other than setting it up. So maybe if you have to set it up onto another Wi-Fi network or something, I'm not exactly sure what it's for. Also, settings is pretty obvious, probably changing your personal information and things like that in there, but what's under more? Screen, cap H, cap H, Let's button. go in and show. Cap, cap M, tip, setting, more, button. More. Share device, button. Rename device, button. Delete device button. Let's not do that. Cancel button. So you got share device, rename device, delete device. So rename device is where I went to call it Rolly Cool instead of Rolly Cool and then a bunch of numbers. Delete device. Rename device. Share device. Let's see button. what happens if I hit share device. I'm not sure why I would share the device. New share. Input account. Text field. Cancel. Ah. Confirm. Okay. Maybe another household member has another Rolly Cool account. You might want to share the Rolly Cool device with that account. So you both have separate accounts and you are able to control the Rolly Cool device. It's kind of interesting. New share input account. New share. It can't confirm. Cancel. Let's do button. cancel because we don't want to share. Stingy. Settings. Button. Settings. More. Button. I think that settings is a button. But I think it's the more button right there. I don't think it's. Oh, setting. really? So there's not a settings. No. Settings. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, that's what I mean. It takes trial and error to play with the app. But once you get used to its little quirks and stuff, it really works well. Let's set this thing on high. Maybe you can hear it on high. And you'll hear more when we start playing with it with A-L-E-X-A in a second, too. That's high, but again, I'm not in that room. Yeah, we couldn't hear that, I don't think. Okay, well, let's do it this way. I'm going to move back into that room, and I'm going to set it to high, which it already is. And then I'm going to go medium, and then I'm going to go low. So if you hear it, fine. If not, you know, if you hear the speech, that's what I'm doing. That's high. That's medium. And that's low. But I think that's just the fan speed. That's not the air conditioning unit because, of course, it's 83 degrees. It's on cool and it's set to be warmer than my room. So let's set Rolly Cool to 68 degrees. Rolly Cool is set to 68. So that's low with the air conditioner. Cabin, 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 cabin. 
That's medium. And this is high. And notice that every time Chris does something with the app, or every time Alexa does it too, it will make a beep, so you'll know. Yep. For me, at least, I'm finding it low is quite good. What you may have heard is a little bit of vibration, and the machine actually does vibrate. It kind of like can dance around a little bit. When on high, it will also, just because of how I have things set up, I have the device sitting on the floor in front of the dresser and I have the hose going to the window and the window is above the dresser. So the hose is kind of like leaning on the dresser. So when it's high, not only are you hearing the vibration of that, but you're actually hearing the hose kind of vibrate off of the dresser on the edge of the dresser. Yeah, and I think these mics are good so you don't really hear all of that. This thing does get really loud. Having been on FaceTime calls with Chris, these things do get pretty loud. Now, I don't think it's as loud as my window unit, but it's close. I think they said it was 50 decibels or something like that. Wow, so it is pretty loud. Mm -hmm. Sadly, that's really the only thing you can do with A-Lady. You can change your temperature, and you can turn it on and off. That's it, yes. But if you do turn it off, you get that same beep. Turn off really cool. And of course, I have brief mode on my Echoes, so it would have said okay. But instead, mine made a little da-dong noise. Oh, I was wondering what that was. Brief mode, sure. So turn it back on. Let's see if we can hear it come on. Set the temperature set. Whoops. <laughs> Roller cool doesn't support that. <laughs> Interesting. So set Roly cool to 75 degrees. Roller cool is set to 75. Now, you may or may not have been able to hear that, but you heard two beeps. I think one is turning it on and the other one is setting the temperature. But I definitely heard two beeps when I told it to do that command. Can you confirm in your app the temperature of Rolly Cool currently? Let's see. Going to cool. And there it is. There it is. Set Rolly Cool to 69 degrees. Rolly Cool is set to 69. Because voiceover was sitting on the temperature, it just announced 69 degrees, so you definitely can tell. And it will do the same thing when you're using the up and down buttons on the device itself. So if you have an app, it'll essentially tell you if you've got the app sitting next to you as you're moving the buttons. Correct. You can see where your temperature is, so that can be very handy as well. So as long as you have either an A-Lady or an iOS device with the app installed, you're probably going to be fine in terms of utilizing it. And now, especially with this summer, I wouldn't live without it. I think it's definitely a handy thing. The reviews have been, as I said before, very mixed, but I think it's a really cool concept, and Chris certainly likes it, so that's pretty good recommendation from somebody who's got <clears throat> lots of toys. For what it's worth, we hope you guys have enjoyed this review and what's nice about this for chris is he'll be using it during those cold buffalo winters as well as during the hot summers see that's the beauty of it too because you can keep the thermostat because my thermostat is actually downstairs and i can keep the thermostat at 60 degrees but if i want to heat up the room i can just heat up the room with roly coal so it'll be interesting to see we'll try and update this little demo at some point in the future and let you guys know about how economical it is and how chris likes it in six months and stuff like that after we've gotten through a winter with it so thanks for joining us we hope you found this interesting and useful and stay cool or warm out there depending on where you are and what's going on weather wise in your part of the world
Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye. So we hope you found that interesting. It's always interesting, I think, to see how different operating systems work. For instance, with that one, the Android app is pretty much inaccessible and useless in terms of changing your temperatures and the things you really need to be able to do with it. But iOS works relatively well, but not for changing temperature. So it really does help to have an A-Lady device for that particular air conditioning solution. Or use the buttons to go up and down. If yes. you had a combination between your iOS device and the buttons on the device itself, you can change the temperature relatively easily. Yeah, as long as you know where your temperature is set at the beginning of the game, as it were, so when you get it, you would be able to change it easily yourself. But I like the confirmation of knowing that you can use your A-Lady to find out for sure and say change it to blah, and then you know what it is. Correct. So that's pretty cool. Sounds great. Speaking of things that sound great, guess what today is? Oh! <laughs> it's Lisa's turn in the castle! Yay! Her name's not Lisa, it's Lysa. It's Lysa? Uh, Lissa, yes. Oh, it's Lissa. Yes, we were talking about the Echo 2E used to really irritate me, and some of the others did too. It would pronounce my name Lissa, which it drives me crazy. I'm not particularly attached to my name, but I don't like Lissa, and... The other thing I've noticed, especially in this area, is a lot of people, guys in particular, seem to call me lease. And it's like, no, I'm not renting, I'm not owning, I'm not buying. It's not a lease, it's a Lisa. But I don't know. I, I never thought I'd be so weird about a name that I don't really feel overly attached to, but there you have it. With my name, I feel like people need to shorten it, and I just want to say, what, you know, what is it, sweetheart? Is is two syllables too hard for you? You know, yeah. I don't know. I don't know where this it. snarky person came from. <laughs> I don't know. Names, I guess, are personal, sort of, whether we are overly attached to them or not. Yes, definitely. I digress. Something new and different. Something new and different. Well, see, you learn a little bit about Lisa and her name before you even get her into the castle. So, bravo. Welcome to the Mystic Access Magic Castle. So now that you've learned about Lissa and you... Her name. Okay, can... Christophore. <laughs> okay, fine. Christoph. Let's, let's, let's yeah, act Christoph. really, really mature. No, I was listening yesterday to Christophore's uh -huh. Dream by yeah. David Lance. So uh -huh. Oh, yes, now. that's lovely. Yes. It is. Okay, so now that we're actually in the castle, <laughs> we kind of <laughs> showed up somewhere, teleported. We, we teleported here. Yes. So we have Lisa in the castle, and Lisa has been with us for how many years now? About two? two yeah, thereabouts. Two and yeah. a half-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? yeah, it's been a while. Seems like only yesterday, but it has been a while now. And it's really funny because the way it started was I got a voicemail from Lisa. And we ended up having like an hour-long conversation that day. <laughs> yeah. And we had never spoken to each other. We'd never met. And we had a really good conversation. And I remember hanging up going, she's not at all what I thought she would be. And it was a compliment. You know, it was, oh, dear. It was, what did you yeah. think she would be? I don't know. I was kind <laughs> of expecting you to be kind of shy. And I don't know. I don't know oh, what I... <laughs> I don't know what I thought, really. But it was kind of funny because I remember hanging up and telling Chris that you had called me and we had this conversation. And I would called you back and we talked for like an hour or whatever. But that's kind of how things kind of began with Lisa and M.A., and that's kind of how she and I met. that's not how it began. Okay, there was a little more before that. There was yes. a little bit more before that, and that would be in one of Lisa's previous lives. Lisa recorded our first actual ad for Mystic Access in 2013. 
She Unfortunately, did. we don't have it, so we can't share it oh, with you. Oh, but... yeah. <laughs> she did. Yeah, okay. She has a short memory. Yes. <laughs> so well, that... she was doing lots of voiceover-y yes, type stuff at that point. Was, so uh, This was when I was working with another company, and we recorded an ad. I think it was like a skit kind of thing, wasn't it? From the Mystic Access News Desk, this is Justin. While searching through the Internet Archives, we managed to find Lisa's first Mystic Access ad. So, here it is. Feeling overwhelmed with documentation? Need some assistance operating your computer, iPhone, iPad, or even portable daisy players such as the PlexTalk Pocket or BookSense? Mystic Access can help. We offer one-on-one -on -one training over the phone or by Skype. Visit www.mysticaccess.com for details. Boy, Mystic Access has come a long way since 2013. Now back to the broadcast in process. It was like a 30-second ad or something. It was around the summertime conventions in 2013, so that just goes to show how long it's really been. So that was before either Lisa or I were officially anywhere near part of MA. So it's kind of funny how that works. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I had forgotten about that completely. See, Chris is our archivist. He's, Undoubtedly. If yes. you can't remember something and the way that something went down or some obscure detail that suddenly becomes really important, well, then you ask Chris. He's also the person you ask about dates. Any date, at any time, he will be able to tell you the date. When the one really good advantage to that is, he always remembers birthdays, which is great. <laughs> and he always remembers important dates for M.A., which is also great. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like the like its birthday or things like that. So. Yeah. Well, yes, that too. Okay. Yes, absolutely. So what do you do for M.A.? What, is, what are your primary responsibilities or what do you do? I allow Chris and Kim to practice deep breathing, deep calming breathing, <laughs> When I ask questions that they say, really, where is her head? No. I do a few different things. I, I think I must have a little bit of ADD or something because I really do enjoy the variety. So I do some sales and customer service. So when you call and you want to place an order, I am sometimes the person you talk to. I help with these podcasts and also create tutorials and classes. So that's kind of what I do. We're all doing all of those things, but we each have different strengths. For example, I'm not the let's make the website work person. Right. I'm more of the let's call this person back. Let's do this training. I write a bit, although I think Kim is our master wordsmith but i enjoy it so i do a bit of that and i think pretty much you know we all pitch in as needed and where we can and i've gotten to try and do some things and explore some subjects for tutorials that i did not ever really think i would so that's been fascinating the one thing she didn't mention is that she's our sometimes marketing maven so she and i tend to have marketing meetings every couple weeks which generally turn into two or three or four hour affairs, depending on what's going on. 
Yeah, it fascinates me. It's like, yes. I'm not into like marketing as in, how can we get the people to buy more? But it's like, wow, this is fascinating to me. Why do people do what they do? Why do they want this and not this? And we thought that they would really like this. Not so much, but they love this or this way of doing things. So we have good fun. I we do. We do. And our brains often go in the same direction, which is very scary and very strange, but it's very good for marketing meetings and having conversations. We do often have to rein ourselves in and keep ourselves on topic, but we do have a great deal of fun doing that. And it's kind of a fun aspect of what we get to do, especially like Lisa said, the psychological aspect. Yeah. Speaking of that kind of thing and how things tick and why we do what we do, how does someone with a degree in Bible studies end up doing assistive technology for her main, <laughs> main thing? Oh, goodness. Yeah, well, I have this gift of making a long story even longer. So let's <laughs> see how we do with this one. I, at age 18, was really not sure what I wanted to do with my life. But I knew that I wanted to help people. And I decided that... I would like to be a missionary. I went to Bible college and between my junior and senior years of college, I went to Togo, West Africa on a seven week mission trip. And that was really interesting because that took a complete attitude adjustment. I ended up going to a school for the blind. I really did not want to work with blind people at all. I was very kind of stubborn. And people suggested that I work with blind people. And my feeling was, well, you just don't think I can do anything else. And no, I don't want to work with blind people. But it seemed to be a natural fit. It was not at all what I expected. I got there and two days after I arrived, the husband of the family with whom I was supposed to stay, the missionary host family, had a massive heart attack and died. And so I ended up, for some of the time, being shuttled to different places. So I stayed with some nurses who worked at a hospital. I got to see twin boys at less than a minute old. Yes, I cried. <laughs> I, you know, made a lot of bandages, did a lot of basic stuff, just got to be around people. Went back later to stay with another family and then this man's widow. And she felt that that was really kind of pre-planned because, you know, first after she didn't have him, she was surrounded by family. And then instead of transitioning completely to a house alone, I was there with her for a few weeks and we had gotten to be quite close. So basically what that taught me was a few things. People have needs wherever you go. I saw the same hurts, the same kind of problems there that I did in the U.S. I also realized transportation was going to be a problem. You don't have sidewalks in Africa. It was pretty much said that if I went to another country as a missionary, that I would likely need to have a full-time guide. And I could see it because sure. how would you even find your way? And then there's the whole thing of raising support. I don't know where my head was, but, you know, we started talking about some of this in senior year and that like every one out of every seven years is devoted to doing this. And I thought, oh my goodness, that sounds like a special kind of hell. And 
the other thing was, you know, it used to be that you could just go into a country as a missionary and that was enough, but not anymore. You needed, and it makes sense, but you needed a skill. And I didn't have a skill. So I graduated and I kind of took time to evaluate my life. Some medical things came up at that point, And I found out that I would not really be able to be a missionary in a setting that did not have ready access to medical care. Not that it was needed all the time, but if it was needed, it was needed. I kind of didn't so much drop it as I shifted focus. People have said to me, you know, do you think it was a waste? Absolutely not. Because I did take courses in theology, which helped me to reason. I mean, it also, from a faith-based aspect, was very important to me, but they allowed me to reason, to learn about different kinds of philosophies. I had classes like cross-cultural communications, which helped me understand why someone might act or react in a specific way. And then I had, I took a lot of psychology and counseling classes, so I jokingly say that I know just enough to be dangerous, but that's Mm -hmm. probably the case. So from there, I decided, okay, you know, this whole getting a job is going to be hard enough as it is. Blindness is something I do know, so let's stick with that. I decided to study to become a rehab teacher. That was kind of like a bucket of ice water in my face because I thought I would just sail right through. And no, because I was born totally blind. A lot of the focus on this course was low vision. Mm-hmm. because most people have some sight. And so I'm trying to understand all these visual conditions based on this sense that I don't have. And I really kind of went through a little bit of an adjustment to blindness phase while I was studying, because I remember getting so frustrated and thinking, if I only had a little bit of sight, I could understand this. And so the low vision aspect was really hard, but I did make it through. I spent 12 years working for the state of Pennsylvania as a rehab teacher. And after a while, I found that while I loved my students, I was getting bored of marking appliances and signature guides and things. And that what really lit me up, so to speak, was the technology. And so... That is how I decided to kind of transition. I worked for about three years for an assistive technology company and then have kind of branched out from there and have done some private instruction and some work with Mystic Access and have gotten a little bit into health technology with my work with Blind Alive. And that was probably a much longer answer (laughs) than you expected, although it shouldn't really surprise you. Uh, So yeah, that's how I got from there to here. Do I feel like I wish I had thought some things through better? Yeah, but I also feel like the steps I went through, the things I went through were for a reason. And while some of it was hard, I wouldn't really trade it. Life is often like that, I think. I think sometimes we take those things that we experience and aren't sure how they're going to help us later. One of my majors was as a music major, and I thought, how the heck is that going to end up helping me in assistive technology? 
And it has because I have quite good diction. And I mean, it's weird things that you don't think yes, you yes. know are going to, to be useful to you. But I can agree on the psychological aspect of things. In fact, that was one of the things we probably talked about in our very first conversation. We discovered think... that we had that bond of, hey, psychology is cool, and I've done yes. a lot of psych <laughs> studying, and blah. And, yeah. and that was kind yeah. of a fun, geeky thing that we discovered early on. Yeah, but when what you say you... Bible, it's really a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Because people are like, wow, that's a really big, you know, yes. shift. And it is, but it works. And hey, you know, you never know. Now, I'm, I'm being a little flip here because I did work very hard for that major. But you never know when a Bible major is going to come in handy. Our one course on searching was called Seek and You Shall Find. And yes. There you go. There comes the Bible major rearing her ugly head. Yes. <laughs> and, and we thought that was very fun and worked out very well so it was it was cute how these things kind of come together sometimes yeah, <laughs> yeah work themselves out i'm curious for you what do you think and i know you're doing kind of an eclectic bunch of stuff currently in terms of tech and how you teach it and how you share it but do you have a favorite part of the job yeah i do it's really about people and triumphs really i guess there are kind of two answers. You hope that when you work with customers that they will never be unhappy. But sometimes they are. They're either unhappy because of something the business has done, or they're unhappy because of their own issues and their own frustrations. And I love when I can help turn things around for that person. And it's kind of the same thing when I'm teaching somebody where Maybe they're really frustrated and, you know, they might say, all my friends get this stuff and I don't get it. And, you know, what's the matter with me and nothing, you know, and I love to be able to give them the tools they need. And you can kind of tell when the, the, I got it, I'm getting it. You know, you can tell when they're getting it because they just light up and, it's not just that they're learning how to use a technology, but they're changing how they feel about themselves. You know, I can do this. This is not beyond me because in some ways I don't have a long memory. I didn't remember that thing I had done for Mystic Access, but I do have a long memory in that I remember how it feels to be really afraid and be really intimidated by technology. I mean, when computers started becoming available, I just didn't even give it a second look because I thought, well, that's for like the math and science nerds, you know, and I'm not a math science nerd. I'm more an English and a literature and a, a writing and a psychology kind of nerd. And I think the thing really that saved me initially was a teacher got me started with a VersaBraille. And I don't think I thought of it as a computer, which is really good because since I didn't think of it as a computer, I was able to work with it. <laughs> you know, you know? That's, funny. that's funny that you say that because I felt the same way about the Braille and Speak. I did not want to touch a computer. Yeah. I had no use for it. And when I was handed the Braille and Speak, I didn't think of it as a computer, but that's absolutely what it was. And I just ran with it. Like you were talking. Yeah. Yes. Same here. Well, I actually had two different Versa Brailles. One was a cassette-based, and that was the older, supposedly more clunkier one but I think it worked better. And then there was the VersaBraille too, and that's what I had for the beginning of college, and it was a nightmare. It 
tossed my notes like scrambled eggs about every week, whether I needed it to or not. And then I did get a Braille and Speak. And that I didn't think was going to work because I had always used Braille. I had never used speech. I wasn't a speech person. But you can't argue. I mean, when you have a class on the fourth floor, it's kind of a no-brainer. Which one do you want to carry? Do you want to carry the thing that weighs 20 pounds or do you want to carry the thing that weighs about half a pound? So, yeah, Braille and Speak and I got to be friends pretty fast. Again, you know, a lot of this I was self-taught. And so some of it I would get right away and some of it I would be really frustrated and I would think, you know, I must be the stupidest person alive. And so when I meet somebody else like that, I mean, you can say to them, oh, you know, you're not stupid. It's not you. And that's fine. It's nice. It's encouraging. But when you can give them proof and you can help them, to move forward. That, that's the kind of thing that gets me out of bed in the morning. And a morning person, I am not. So if something gets me out of bed in the morning, you know, it's got to be huge to me. So that, that really is. I have to ask this just as one woman in the industry to another woman in the industry. And I know you and I have had this conversation a lot, but I thought it might be a little bit interesting perhaps to other women particularly who listen to the podcast and are perhaps doing technology-related or rehab-related things. We are in 2018 now, and you and I have still had the conversation at least every couple months (laughs) about how a lot of these related industries still feel very much like a man's world. And here we are, women in this industry. Do you feel like that's changed any or that we're being taken more seriously as women in this industry? I think so. I think as there are more of us and we stick around longer, we're taken seriously. I mean, initially, you know, I think too, like math and science, they were equated with men. So computers were. And so when women kind of made forays into these areas, some men, not all, thankfully, but some were almost of the attitude like, isn't that cute? I was at one point asked to be on a podcast because, quote, it needed a little bit of estrogen. And I was really kind of offended by that. And I said, what exactly does that mean? And, you know, there was a lot of stammering and stuttering. I guess for the most part, I'm aware of the issues, but I don't get mired in it. And I know you haven't either. I think some women get very like, you know, I don't get no respect and they yep. really focus on it. And for me, I keep doing what I'm doing and I keep doing what I love. If some people are going to be, well, there's no nice way to say it. If some people are going to be jerks about it, yep. then I'm not responsible for them. I'm responsible for me. I think we're getting better. But again, I think it's the individual. Some people will always be jerks, Yep. <laughs> you know. There's got to be a more professional sounding term, but it's not coming to me at the moment. That's for sure. And it works. I, I I like hearing on a podcast a blend of different kinds of voices, for example, whether that's men and women or young and old or various nationalities. I, I, I think we sell ourselves and each other short when we put people and qualifications into boxes. And so I think we're improving. I mean, we always have a way to go, but I think we're improving. And you're right about us just 
continuously doing what we're doing and trying to improve ourselves and our presentation. But I do agree that over time, there are more of us. There are more of us doing it. There are more of us doing it well in terms of more of us being women. So that's good. That's seemingly a step in the right direction. It's like with blindness in general, I think, particularly for those of us who are like the 2% who are totals or whatever it is. It is a very small percentage of the blindness population who are totals. Yeah. You know, to do the best we can and to, if not quote-unquote set the example, do the best we can be our own best example and kind of put that out there and say, this is who we are and we're doing at our absolute best to be the best us we can be in our lives and how we present ourselves professionally and personally. Yeah, and when I think that when more quality work is put out there, whether you are a man or a woman, it causes you to have to up your game. Oh, so yeah. the increase in quality can only help all of us, whether we're men or women. I do find myself, I don't know, on one hand, I really like exploring the differences. Yep. But on the other hand, the men versus women conversation makes me really uncomfortable. Sure. Because then I feel like it gets into us versus them. And yes. I don't really think that serves much of a purpose. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's just interesting to see how things change and changing attitudes and really, particularly in a quote-unquote minority community like blindness and total blindness and all these different things, I think it's just important to continue to up our game as yeah. you were saying. And yeah. however we do that, taking the sex, race, all that out of the equation for a moment, if we can continue to do that as a group of people, then we're all better off as a result. Absolutely. So another one of the things that I think bonded Lisa and I together and turned us into friends pretty quickly after we became colleagues is the fact that both of us are humongous bookworms, and there are a few things either of us would rather do than cuddle up with a good book and enjoy oh, yeah. that <laughs> experience. And she asked me a good question at the end of my own castle experience, and I thought I would kind of throw that back at her in this podcast. You had asked me about a book that I had read or loved or reread a thousand times that had a really profound impact or influence on my life. And I would be curious to know what one or more of those might be for you. I have read a lot of books that I have loved, and I've read a lot of books that I've learned from. There is a book that I read that I would say really had an impact. In a lot of ways, it shaped my life and my philosophy. You're going to laugh, I think, when you hear the background. I was either in the fourth or fifth grade, and I got this talking book in the mail, and it was longer than stuff I had read at the time. It was six records, and I forget how many hours a record held, but on average at that time, I was reading books that were about three records in length. And so this was six records. It was long. And the book is called A Little Princess. And it's by Frances Hodson Burnett. The and same way I, you wrote The Secret Garden, for those yes, of you who have read exactly. that. And I read that, and I like that. I'm, I'm a very impatient reader. If a story doesn't grab me at the beginning, which is really funny because one of the traits I value is patience. But if it doesn't grab me, and I remember almost thinking, the Little Princess, this must be a baby book. But I thought, no, it can't be. It's pretty long. And so it's about this girl named Sarah, whose father was very wealthy. And he loved her and he lavished 
all kinds of gifts on her and she was in this exclusive boarding school. And then he died and the money was gone. Long story, but the money was gone. And the proprietress of the boarding school had incurred a lot of expenses because she would be instructed to get these things for Sarah and then he would pay her. Well, when he died, that money was not forthcoming and she was not one of the nicest people you would ever meet. And so Sarah was basically then made into a servant and a servant in really deplorable conditions. And I remember thinking, this isn't fair. This is really sad. I don't even want to finish this book. This is just so wrong. But I kept on and what she said and what she embodied was that a princess was not what you had. It was how you behaved. And it was how you behaved even if you didn't have. The author could have really gone moralistic and preachy, and she didn't. What she went was lifestyle and example. And this girl was treated horribly. She was cold. She had nothing to eat. They had rats as pets. And because of her grit and her creativity and her good imagination and her belief, she still remained a princess. I don't know. That just really blew my tiny mind at that age. Like, I have a choice. No matter what happens to me, I can be whatever I want to be. I don't have to let bad things affect me, and I don't have to let good things turn my head unnecessarily. I have choices. And so that was really empowering. You know, for me, at least, I love stories, as you can tell, because I talk a lot. And I like to tell stories, but I like to hear stories because stories will get through to me in ways that just talking and philosophizing and driving a point home will not. Even though it's a children's book, and I'm sure there are people who think, oh, she should be beyond that now. Those of you who know I'm a Bible major, which is now everybody, or was a Bible major. <laughs> would Oops, assume, sorry. <laughs> would assume, no, that's good. But they would assume that that book would be the Bible. But even before the Bible, really, in my life, there was this. And it was, you know, just the, that you have choices. So yeah, that, that's my book. And it's a children's book. And maybe I should be a little chagrined at that. But I'm really not because even thinking about it now makes me kind of straighten my back and put that smile on my face and say, yeah, I do have choices. Uh-huh, it makes absolutely. me want to go reread the book because yes. I've not read it in years and years and years. So that would be fun. And it's an excuse it for me to go reread too. a book. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't in quite a while, too. And, okay, I'm just going to say this because I'm a snob. Don't watch the movie. It's not the same. No, no, don't. They changed the ending. They changed the ending. And I watched the movie when I was in college, and I was really ticked because I'm like, okay, I can see taking a little bit of license, but you just changed the story. You changed the ending. I mean, the ending in the book was pretty happy, but there was still that kind of shade of sadness because her father was gone. And in the movie, it was just too happily ever after. It was like, I felt like I just had a whole bunch of saccharin poured down my throat. It was, oh, I was disappointed. Yeah, (laughs) I remember being very appalled by the movie. I often am very appalled by movie adaptations to begin with. I know, I know. And I remember watching even an hour episode of, I think it was Criminal Minds with a friend. And I said, well, that was a complete waste. And she's like, well, I thought you liked it. And I said, I did. 
but I said they had to wrap it up in 45 minutes plus commercials. That would have made such a good book. That was just a complete waste of a really good plot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for your visit to the Mystic Access Magic Castle. You're welcome anytime. Well, thank you for hanging out in the castle, and we hope you guys have really enjoyed this castle series and learning more about us as individuals and what makes us tick and why we do what we do. And we hope you found it really enjoyable and we have enjoyed sharing this series and learning a little more about one another. <laughs> yes. Whereas we had to handcuff Chris to get yeah. into the castle, we're having to throw a blanket over my very <laughs> verbose head to get me out, I'm afraid. We will be bringing you other people. Yes, in, we will. In the castle that we hope you will enjoy. People doing interesting things or selling interesting things like we had Amy recently. And uh, so stay tuned for more. Yes, absolutely. Again, thank you everybody for listening to this podcast. And, you know, I learned some things about Lisa that I didn't know either. So take care, everybody. Bye. 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 The preceding podcast is a presentation of Mystic Access, where the magic is in learning. To contact us, please visit www.mysticaccess.com. Call us, 716-543-3323, and press 2 to reach our Mystic Access podcast comment line. Email us at show at mysticaccesspodcast.com, and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash mysticaccess. Would you like to spread the word about our podcasts? Please tell your friends and colleagues to visit us at www.mysticaccesspodcast.com. If you enjoy what you hear on our podcasts, feel free to leave us an iTunes rating and review. We certainly appreciate those. Also, you may feel free to use our podcasts in your own RSS feed. Just be sure that all of our contact information is left intact. Thanks for spreading the word, and thanks for listening. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode.